It is so good to be with you in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. I tell you, it is wonderful just to be able to walk in and feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. We, we might have just come from another service, and, and, and believe me, God was there. And I got over here, and he beat us. I, I don't know. How, yeah, he's fast. I don't, in my flesh, I don't know how he could make it here that quick. But in my spirit, I have an idea that God is everywhere. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God is everywhere? You don't have to wait for, for the people on the other side of the planet to get done with God so that you can have a meeting with God. But anytime you want to have a talk with God, He is ready. Amen. It is so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. I do want to give honor to your pastor, to this lovely church family for allowing us to be here. It is wonderful to, to just be able to come in and to praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask my wife to be making her way at this time. She's going to share some testimonies with you and she'll be the better part of the, the service and then y'all can endure with me afterwards. But I am Logan, this is Hannah Blackman. We were recently appointed to Guinea, West Africa, a nation of 12.4 million people. We have three churches that were started by Liberians that crossed the border and started uh, some works there, and we're so thankful for that, that the work has already began. But we are your first resident missionaries for the UPCI to the nation of Guinea, and we give God praise for that. I'm going to let my wife tell you a little bit more. Well, praise the Lord. If you couldn't guess, we are from the South. So if you didn't know, I'll tell you, we are from the South. I am from Louisiana, so my Mississippi's hello. <laughs> and my husband is from Arkansas. So we'll just go ahead and settle that now because I know you're wondering. <laughs> we are so excited to be with you all tonight. I'll let you know very quickly that we have our table set up in the back. We have several items for sale, some pictures. If we don't answer some of your questions, if there's anything you want to talk about the animals, you want to know about the food, please come see us at the table. We would love to shake your hand and hug your neck and get to meet with you personally. We would love that. So please come see us at the table. I will let you know that we are raising project funds, and the project that we're working on is language study. My husband and I both speak French fluently, and I know you probably want to hear a little of that, so here we go. Nous savons bien que la présence de Dieu est fort dans sa place, et il est là parce qu'il veut faire quelque chose dans ton vie. I simply said we know that the presence of God is already very strong here, and he's here because he wants to do something in your life. Amen? But we are raising project funds. Because we speak French, there's an even greater need. I don't read French very well. And please don't ask me to write you a book in French because you won't even get a sentence out of me. So we need to spend the first six months of our time in Guinea preparing our language so that we can translate literature. I have Sunday school babies who have teachers that need literature, and we don't have a lot in French. We have Bible school students who need books, and we need to translate our, our literature into French for them. And that is a huge need that we have. So you can help us with that. For $50, you can pay for one day of school. Now, maybe you say $50 is a little bit much, $25, $10, $5, $15, whatever you can do. It's the Lord who's going to give the increase. We have a brown bowl on our table set up. If you'd like to donate, you can just place it in there. Maybe you'd like to help us, but this is a kind of rough time for you. We all have those. We have these green forms. You can take this home and send it in whenever you would be available. Amen. So we would appreciate your help for that. Thank you so much. But more than anything, more than I want you to come look at my pictures, 
more than I want you to come put something in my brown bowl, what I really want you to do is come take a card. Because if you'll take this, you'll put it in your Bible, you'll stick it in your car, put it on your refrigerator, and you'll remember to pray for us. Because you may not go with us physically to Guinea, but you can go before us spiritually and start praying down strongholds that have held this country bound for thousands of years. Amen. We need your help because we are simply an extension of you. This is not just our ministry, but this is our ministry. We are a team, and together we go forth, and we spread this gospel. And you pray for me, and I pray for you, and we're going to take this world through Jesus. But it's going to take all of us praying together. Amen? I'd like to tell you very quickly some testimonies of what God has done in West Africa. We have been so blessed to be a small part of what he's done. Before my husband and I were married, we met in West Africa. And I was in uh, Benin and he was in Togo. Two separate countries but side by side. He lived in Togo and he lived in a guest house which is kind of like an apartment complex. And there was a young man there by the name of Frank. And Frank was the janitor. And I don't think that Frank ever had a bad day. If he did, he never showed it. You couldn't see it on his face. He would never tell you about it. He was happy all the time. And this big old white smile on his face. I mean, their teeth are so white. They smile, it illuminates everything. I'm kind of jealous. But that was Frank, just this super sweet, friendly man. And through his willingness just to be helpful, he and Logan became friends. And Logan started giving Frank a Bible study. And Frank saw the truth of Jesus' name, baptism. He was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And we give God all the praise for that. But my favorite part of Frank's testimony is when I got to meet him a few months later. We had traveled over to Togo for some kind of a meeting or something. And I had grown up as an MK. I had lived in Togo earlier before my husband lived there. And so I knew Frank. And we were sitting down and we're just like one big happy family over there. And Frank was telling me his testimony of what God has done and God had done in his life. And he said, Sister Hannah, he said, you know very well that this is a very religious establishment. It was started by Bible translators. He said, there's constantly different denominational missionaries in and out of this place. And they're always telling me, Frank, God's got a plan for you. Frank, God wants to use you. Frank, God this and God that and on and on and on. And he said, I didn't even know what that meant. He said, they were constantly telling me all this stuff about a God that I wasn't even sure I really knew. He said, it wasn't until the missionary sat down with me and explained the way more perfectly as the Bible says it that I got a true revelation of what it means to be a child of God. Do we have the picture, Frank, that I would love to show you today? A picture of what it looks like when you finally find what you've been looking for because let me go ahead and tell you people are tired of prayers that don't get them anywhere and they're tired of religion that's dead and dried up and they're tired of the same old, same way, same song each week. They're ready for something that's life-changing that'll bring that peace to your house. You want to know how you get it? You go down in Jesus' name and come up speaking in the language that you don't know because he fills you and that's how we become children of God. And we're so thankful for what God did in Frank's life. We're thankful for the testimony that Frank is to his family of what God can do for you. Amen. One more quick testimony and then I'll get on out the way. We are appointed to Guinea, West Africa, but we've never lived there. We've never had a missionary in this country. And so this past June, Logan and I, a year ago, 
were privileged to make our first trip together. He had made a trip before, which he'll tell you more about, but this was our first trip into the capital city. Guinea is a country of 12.4 million people with, absolute, with three churches in the southern part of the country. They're all kind of clustered together. They're right across the border from Liberia because it was Liberians that crossed the border and started the work in Guinea. It's a two-day's journey to get from where those churches are to our capital city. Our capital city of Conakry is over one million people with no apostolic truth-preaching church. So a year ago, Logan and I went into the capital city. That's where we're going to base out of. So we went into the capital city. It was an exploratory mission. We needed to know how much does housing cost, how much does a car cost, how much does electricity cost. I'll very quickly tell you what Hannah was looking for. I wanted to know if they had any cheese because I really like cheese. And I couldn't find any, y'all. And I was like, Lord, now you don't have to give me the best house. I can deal. And the best car, that's not a problem. These potholes will eat it right on up. I don't, I'm good, but I got to have some cheese. And I'm not, I'm not picky, y'all. I could have mozzarella, gouda, cheddar. I'm, I'm not picky, you know, just whatever he sees fit. So after I had prayed this very heartfelt prayer, we found this random grocery store we didn't even know was in the country. It was kind of in what you would consider a strip mall. Bring that down a few scales, and that's, that's what we were in. And I was walking to the back where they keep the cheese, and I was like, now you turned water into wine. So I know whatever's back there, I don't even need to see it. I know you can turn it into cheese. And I rounded the corner, and there was a whole aisle of every cheese I had named. Hallelujah, because he cares about the desires of your heart. <laughs> But that's what our trip was about. What's available in this country? While we were there, we were able to meet up with Brother Emmanuel. And Brother Emmanuel is a young man that came from one of those churches in the south. So he made that two-day trip to come live in the capital city and go to university. And while he was there, he started Bible studies in his dorm room. And we were so excited about that. And we had met up with Brother Emmanuel, and we had seen he had taken us to see markets, and we had done all kind of cool stuff. And he calls my husband out of the blue one day, and he said, Missionary, I know you're leaving in a couple of days, but Princess has been coming to my Bible study, and she sees the importance of Jesus' name baptism, and she wants to be baptized. Is there any way you can baptize her before you leave? And Logan said, Emmanuel, we don't have a church. That means no baptistry. Your beaches are very polluted. It is not safe to get in that water. They're very rocky as well, so they're even aside from the pollution, they're not conducive to a baptism. But you bring her down to our hotel. We're going to see if we can set it up to have the baptism in the pool. Now, the fun fact about Guinea that I have not yet revealed to you is that Guinea is 85% Islamic. There's no fear. They're not running around trying to hurt anybody. They're not radical. They are sweet and loving people. But it's very sombering when every street corner you go down leads to a mosque somewhere. And five times a day, you have the call to prayer that reverberates throughout the whole place. It's very sombering. And we weren't sure how the owner of that hotel was going to feel when we said, hey, can we have a Christian baptism in your pool? But he was so loving. He said, yes, please have your baptism in our pool. We said, awesome, thank you. And we set it up for 9 o'clock Sunday morning. 9 o'clock Sunday morning rolls around, and so does the rain. And the pool is not covered. 
But conveniently, there's a restaurant right beside the pool that is covered. And of course, everybody needed to come have breakfast at that little restaurant the morning of our baptism. (laughs) So with the rain and everybody, Princess showed up a little bit late, but she got there. And we, my husband sat down with her, made sure she had followed her penance, made sure she had a good understanding of truth, and into the water they go with all eyes on us. And if you haven't noticed, let me just inform you that I am not a quiet person. I don't pray quietly. I don't whisper quietly. (laughs) I'm not subtle. I'm just a southern girl that's really loud. And so when I started praying at this baptism, I was trying to be as respectful as I could. But when somebody starts getting the Holy Ghost in a pool, things happen, you know. And so they take Princess down in Jesus' name. And as she comes back up, that sweet presence that was already here before we stepped a foot in the door started moving in that pool. She came up out of that water, tears running down her face. And don't you tell me it's emotionalism because I'll tell you, you're not very emotional when people are watching you in a pool. I mean, come on now. And she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost beyond every boundary that ever could have been placed on what should have happened in that pool. Statistics say you shouldn't have had anybody get the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't have had a baptism. You're in a country that's dead and dried up and they've got their religion. But let me tell you, when Jesus Christ starts crossing borders and when he starts moving in your situation and you let him get out of the box that you thought he could work in, he begins to do something greater and mightier than we ever could have imagined and he started a spark of revival in that pool that day in Guinea and we're excited and we're beyond honored that we get to be just a little bitty part of what God wants to do Thank you for allowing us to come here and share our burden. Thank you for opening your, your, your place to us. Thank you for opening your hearts to us because we want to share these people with you. This is a jewel and a treasure that is it's matchless, and we're thankful to get to share that with you. Amen. And let me just let you know, before anything else happens, whatever you need tonight, whatever you walked in here with, Maybe you don't have that peace in your home for some reason other than another. But I know a God that crosses every boundary. And he's here for you. So as the service continues, let's just lift our hearts and our faith up to him. And let him move however he wants. Amen. We're going to quickly show you a very short video presentation. You're not going to see our faces in it simply for that security reason that I shared with you earlier. There's no fear. There's no real security issue. But these videos end up all over social media and the Internet. And in the future, you never know what's going to happen. So we just kept our faces out of it. The first video clip you're going to see in the church, that's skinny. The rest of the video clips, the rest of the church scenes are going to be different West African nations that we've lived and worked in. Because we haven't lived in Guinea, we don't have a lot of church pictures of Guinea. So what we have is the first one you're going to see. The rest of them are different places, but I'm so excited because one day we're going to come through here and I'm going to show you a church scene that's going to be in my conakry and it's going to be my Sunday school babies worshiping Jesus. Amen. Thank you for having us. We love you. We appreciate you. Amen.
Hope everybody enjoyed the the video, seeing some pictures of our family, man. Cause that's what it is. That's our family, man. It's kind of it's kind of like grandma when she breaks out the photo album. Everybody else sees a bunch of snotty nosed kids, but not grandma. And so that that's the way it is for missionaries when we come and we share our pictures and share our stories. We're we're sharing a a piece of ourselves, amen. It, we, it, when when they say you come and you share your burden, that's exactly what it is. We're sharing our burden you know, a heartbeat, amen, but for us to share it, you have to receive it, if not, we just offer it, but if, but if you'll receive it, then we have shared our burden, and it's, it's a shared thing, amen, it's, it, that's, that's been the, the, the driving force since the inception of the United Pentecostal Church, has been the whole gospel to the whole world, by the whole church, it's all of us getting involved, it's not just those who, who sign up and say, you know what, I'll, I'll go to another country, I'll go to another land, but, but it's all of us saying we're, we're a part of this thing. It's, it's not four walls. It's not something that we contain. But, 
but we're a part of a bigger picture. We're a part of the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful that, that we can all join together and be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Because God is, is working in us and God is working through us. And, and we're so, so excited about what God is doing. And it's not just my ministry and her ministry. It's all of our ministry. We're, we're all in this together. Amen. We're so thankful for, for churches like this that say, you know what, we want to be a part of that. That, 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 that it's our ministry, man. That, that there's something about this and we can all join together. Man, we're so thankful, amen. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to be with you in the house of God and feel the presence of the Lord and see what God is doing, amen. Before we get into the word, I would like to testify and uh, tell you a little bit about that trip my wife told you that I made. Uh, before we were actually together, I had, uh, flew in to Liberia actually and, and traveled up and crossed the border into Guinea with some of the Liberian brethren uh, because it was the Liberians that, that started the work and so I traveled up with some of the brethren and, and we made our way to Guinea because I wanted to see the, the country. I'd been praying for the nation for, for some time and trying to see if, if that was really where God had for me to go. And so I wanted to go check it out, you know, before you sign up, say, I want to go, you know, live here. You think you should make a trip there. And so, uh, so I wanted to make a trip. And during that, that short trip, God just began to pour into my spirit. And uh, to start things off, when I met with the, the main pastor that was there, he, he told me, he said, missionary, he said, you are an answer to prayer. He said, we have been praying for years that God will send us a missionary. And, and that gets you. You know, for, for just an Arkansas boy, that, that gets you. Not that I'm anything, but God will take somebody and he will answer a prayer with each and every one of us. Amen. But, but he, just, he just rocked my world when he said that because, you know, I start doing some calculation. And, and maybe a lot of you here... Uh, are kind of in the situation I used to be in. I, I didn't know where Guinea, West Africa was. There's probably a lot of people here tonight, you don't know where Guinea, West Africa is. I, I used to be in that position, and, and when he told me that, that meant before I knew where Guinea, West Africa was, there were already people here crying out to God, Lord, send us a missionary. And and you start looking back in hindsight, and sometimes we think, you know, I'm, I, I'm in control. <laughs> and God says, no. <laughs> You gave your life to me, and when you gave your life to me, I'm in control. And, and so I, I look back, you know, and I, I see where God has brought me to this point. And I'm like, this, you know, this is a God thing. God, God's the one that orchestrated this. God's the one that brought me here. You know, when we answered the call of God to, to go there, it wasn't just us answering the call of God. It was God answering a prayer. It was just God answering a prayer. God answered their prayer. It's not about us. What I want you to see tonight, it's not about us, it's about them. It's about the ones that were already crying out to God for years, send us a missionary. And God said, okay, I'll send you a missionary. Amen? Amen? And like I said, you never know when God wants to use you for the same thing. You know, for us, it's across the ocean. For you, it might be across the street. You never know who's calling out to God, Lord, I need direction, Lord, I need guidance, I need something, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. You, know, you never know who's suicidal. You never know what somebody's going through, and they're praying to God, and God opens the door, and, and you get to be a light, you get to be a witness, you get to be a friend to somebody, you get to build somebody up, and, and all the while you thought it was about you, but it was simply God answering their prayer. 
God used you to do it, but God was just answering their prayer. Ain't it wonderful how God works? And He works through some of us, though sometimes we may be stubborn, sometimes we may not have it all figured out, we don't know where we're going, what we're doing. God says, it's okay, I can still use you. I can still use you. And it's so wonderful just letting God work in us and work through us that we are the body of Christ and God wants to do something. God is still working. God is still doing something in our generation. Amen. And He allows us to be a part of it. It's His labor. It's His field. And He, he says, come on and you can work with me. And so, so I, I'd, I'd met with the, the leadership that was there and, and I wanted to see the, the churches that we had. And so we began to make our way around and see those three buildings and it wasn't anything fancy. They were just simple, small concrete buildings with a nice tin roof. And I was happy. I was happy because I, I've, I've been in, in some of these countries and I've, I've seen churches that are literally falling apart. Uh, I've seen uh, church buildings that if they make it through another rainy season, it's going to be by the grace of God. And so whenever I began to see these simple concrete buildings with a good tin roof I was happy because I said when I, when I come back these buildings are still going to be here you know it doesn't have to be anything fancy but they were built to last and that's what I was excited about but while we were making our way around before we ever got to the second building it began to rain it's, it's a very wet country and, and so we, we pull up in front of it and we hustle through the rain and get in the building and we were checking out this simple structure and just kind of standing around looking out at the rain through the open doors and the just got metal windows, you know, and they're just opened up. And we're just in there enjoying the, the cool crispness of the, the rain from the dry inside of the building. And, uh, well, next thing you know, there were some people began to, to trickle in. And at first you're kind of wondering, are they just trying to get out of the rain? But I quickly found out they were the members of that congregation. And there wasn't a service going on or, or anything like that, but they had gotten word that the missionary had come. And so they walked through the rain just to greet me. And, and I, I, I'm telling you about that because I want you to see the heart of the people. Because, it, again, it's not that we're anything, but, but because of the love and the heart of the people, they walked through the rain simply to greet me. And I, no matter how long you spend in, in another country, you still you know, you have a little bit of that American mentality, you know, if the air's not right, if the heat's not right. Sometimes people don't show up to church. More or less walk through the rain. You know, they had an excuse. If they needed an excuse, brother, it was raining. I was going to greet him, but it was raining. And, uh, but, but no, they didn't let that stop them. They didn't let them, let it hold them back. And, and they walked through the rain to greet And if that wasn't enough, then the pastor come up to me and he said, missionary, he said, they want to give you a gift. And I said, they, they don't have to give me anything. They just walk through the rain. And he said, no, he said, that's just how they are. They want to give you a gift. And so he pushes something in my hand, and I, I look down, and it was two 5,000 guinea franc bills. And, and you're thinking 10,000 guinea franc. Well, in our currency, that's about a dollar and nine cents. But for them, it was a sacrifice. Not, not that they can buy a whole lot with 10,000 guinea franc. It's still not a lot of money, but they don't have a lot of money, especially in a rural area like that. And so I understood that it was a sacrifice, especially because it was, it was just women and children that had come pretty much. And, and so I knew especially they didn't have a lot of money, but they had a heart that they wanted to give what they did have. And, and, and because of that, because it was a sacrifice, I, it was more valuable than all the money that was in my pocket. 
And I didn't, I didn't run out and buy a cup of coffee with it, but I put them in a frame, and they're on our deputation table if you want to look at those. But I, I determined to keep those as soon as they gave them to me. They, they, were, they were vastly more valuable than all the money that was in my pocket. And, and it wasn't because of their monetary value, but it was the sentimental value. And it, it gets me to thinking about our sacrifices to God, the things that we give to God, the things that we lift up to God. We live before Him as a, a living sacrifice and just everything that we sacrifice and give to God. And, and other people may look at your sacrifice. Sometimes you might be guilty of looking at your own sacrifice and thinking how, how minuscule is my sacrifice to God, the one that spoke this world into existence, the one that paves the streets with gold. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills, but, but God looks down and He values your sacrifice. Not because of the value of the sacrifice itself, but because He values the one that gave it to Him. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God cares about you, that God values you. It's, it's not the things that you give to God. It's not the things that you give up of this world. But God values you and He honors your sacrifice. He honors the life that you live before Him. And He, he cherishes that. It's, it's valuable to God. You are valuable to God. You are valuable to God. If I can just get something across tonight, let it be that. You are valuable to God. But that's what I wanted to share with you briefly is, is the heart of the people. Why we go and do what we do. It, believe me, we're not going for a vacation. If we were going to pick a vacation spot, I probably would have picked somewhere else. But, but I'm so thankful that God has opened the door here because this is another nation that the devil said you can't have. And this is another nation that God said, yes, I can. And man, I know it's hard to believe it's 2018, but there are still nations that have never had a missionary. There are still nations that are waiting on a missionary to go. And so maybe, maybe the next missionary will come from this church. I mean, we rejoice over the churches being started in the area, and, and we rejoice with you. We love North American churches, home mission churches, whatever you want to call them. We love every kind of church. If it's preaching the truth, we, we're with you. We love it. We rejoice with you. We should rejoice with each other. Amen. But who knows? There could be a missionary sitting in this place tonight. That's right. I, I'm the missionary that you always worried about. The one that come and say, God's working on me. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows what God is doing in this service? Who knows what God is doing in your life? Amen. It is so wonderful. It's so wonderful just being a part of whatever God's doing. I just want to be a part of what God's doing. Amen? It is so wonderful. There's no life like living for the Lord. And we appreciate the support of churches like this. That say, you know what, we want to be a part of that. We, we want to catch the vision. Amen? It's, it's how we stay connected to each other. Because we'll be across the ocean in another country. And the devil's going to try to come at us and say, you know, everybody's forgotten you. Nobody cares. Nobody loves. But we know there are churches like this that say, you know what, we're still going to pray for you. We're still going to support you. We've still got your back, amen. And we are so thankful for churches like this and people like you that say we want to be a part of that, amen. We are so thankful tonight. If you'll stand me, we're going to get into the Word. I'm going to transition. I won't be lengthy or long-winded. I will try to keep it brief. The pastor said take your time. Y'all in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I still won't be super lengthy or long-winded, but I, I do believe that God has a, a word. We was on the way over here, and as it is, I'm trying to say, God, what do you want me to preach? You know, we, <laughs> what direction? I had a couple of messages. I was trying to, you know, figure out which, 
which we needed to, to go with. And at the beginning of this service, uh, he began to speak about a breakthrough. And it might have been preached recently, but blame it on confirmation. But I don't want to fight confirmation when you're asking God what I need to preach. And, and he says, can we be preaching about breakthrough? I say, okay. Because I'd like to preach just for a little while tonight. It's time for my breakthrough. It's time for my breakthrough. We're going to go to Hosea, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read verse 12. Hosea 10, verse 12. Simply says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till He come and rain righteousness upon you. You'll put your Bibles down. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We lift up your name, Lord. We give you honor and praise. We magnify you, Lord. Anoint us, Lord God. Help us to receive what you have for us, God. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. It's time for my breakthrough. It's time for my breakthrough. I want you to take that for yourself. I want you to receive that for yourself. I'm not just talking to your neighbor, but I want you to take possession of this message tonight and say it's time for my breakthrough. It's time for my breakthrough, amen. Our scripture text, he began to say, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. He said, break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. Now, now, I've, I've heard messages preached before about the fallow ground and, and I've heard it and, and I had to do a little study of what exactly is this fallow ground. And I'm going to try to break this down real quickly because I'm not really a farmer. I may be from Arkansas, but I'm not, my family's farmers, but I'm not really a farmer. So I got to look up this stuff. So what is fallow ground? Well, you see... You know, there's a, a crop rotation and, and they're planting fields and everything, but you can't always plant the same fields. You deplete the nutrients and there's reasons that you got to cycle your, your crops out and everything. Well, sometimes the farmer will go out and he will till up the soil, but he doesn't plant anything. Sometimes you'll drive past fields and you'll see farmers out there tilling up the ground. They till up this whole field and the season goes by and there's still nothing to grow up and you wonder what's going on. Why did they till that ground up? Well... The thing is, they're tilling it up and, and making sure the weeds don't take root and, and all the, 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 the foliage, all the leaves and all the things that were trying to grow, they're now tilled up into the soil and they become nutrients for the soil. And when it comes time for the farmer to plant, the soil is more fertile than if he would have just left it alone. It's got less problems than if he had just left it alone, but, but he took the time to go ahead and till it up but he left it fertile. He, he, left it, he left it fallow, if you will. Amen. And so now it's become fallow ground. And that, this is what he began to speak to the people. He said, it's time to break up the fallow ground. That, that ground that's laying fallow. That, that ground that's ready for a revival, if you will. It's, it's ready for a harvest. It's ready for something to be put in the soil. There's been some time. There's been a season that's passed over the soil. It's laying dormant, but, but there's still the nutrients there. There's still everything for a harvest is right there in the soil. He said, now it's time. It's time to break that ground up. It, it's time to break up the fallow ground because there needs to be something planted there needs to be a harvest began to come in he said it's time to break up the fallow ground I want you to know it's time for 
through. I'm ready to see the harvest. I'm ready to see what God has in this last generation. I'm ready to see what God has in this last day. Yeah, there's been some time that's went by. There's some season that's went by. But it's time for the harvest. It's time for my breakthrough. Amen. He began to... To, to speak about how do we need to, to sow to yourselves righteousness. We need to put some stuff in the ground. We need to put some righteousness in our life. Amen. There's some time. There's some season. I've already said it before. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. times and seasons. Look it up. But there's, there's some time. There's some seasons that have went by. There's times and seasons in your life. Maybe, maybe somebody is in a dry spell tonight. Maybe they're, 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 there's... A harvest that's been lacking in your life. And I'm not saying in every area. Because just as those crops are rotated, just as different fields are producing and some others have lain fallow, I'm not saying that, that nothing has been productive in your life. But, but uh, there's always some areas. There's always an ebb and flow. There's always a time that you draw close to God and there's some times that we back up. And it's just those times and seasons that pass in our life. And there's some fields in your life that have lain fallow. And, and maybe you've experienced revival in one area. But I'm telling you to begin to look to the fallow ground. I'm telling you to begin to look to the fallow field the, the one that's laid dormant that you haven't seen revival in this area and you begin to break up that ground and say God there's some areas in my life that have lain fallow and I'm ready for my breakthrough I, I'm ready for something to be planted in my life I, I'm ready for the harvest that you have promised me God I'm telling you, it's time for my breakthrough. Amen. He, he began to speak and, and he said, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. I, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a law of sowing and reaping that, that what you put in is what you get out. And you say, whoa, missionary, you just said, Sow righteousness and, and reap mercy. How many of you know that the grain that you put in the ground does not look like the plant that grows up? You don't plant a grain of corn and all of a sudden there's a big piece of corn. But there's a stalk, there's a, a plant that grows up that produces the corn. He said, sow to yourself in righteousness. We need to put some righteousness into our life. Put some righteous deeds into our life. Put the righteousness of God because in my flesh is no good thing. The Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. I need His righteousness. But when I began to sow the things of God into my life, when I began to sow the righteousness of God into that fallow ground that I have began to break up because He said for you to break up your fallow ground. He didn't say He was going to do it. He said break up your fallow ground. If you want the breakthrough, you're going to have to put something into it. Amen. If you want a breakthrough in your life, you're going to have to put something into it. There's going to be a need for some prayer time. There's going to be a need for some consecration, for some study, for some fasting. Amen. There's going to be a need to push yourself past the limits that you were before. It's time to break that ground up and begin to sow the righteousness of God in your life. Sow the righteousness of the Lord. Amen. He said, but sow 
to yourself in, in righteousness. Reap in mercy. When, when we sow the things of God, we're going to reap the things of God. We're going to reap the mercies of God. That plant that grows up in our life, it's going to produce the righteousness of God, but it's going to look like the mercy of God. It's going to look like the mercies of God being poured out on your life. The blessings of God showing up in your life because of the righteousness that you put in. Until you put the righteousness into your life, don't expect the blessings of God. Don't expect the mercy of God until you begin to put God in your life. We've got to put God in our life. Amen. James, James said, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. He began to say to just sow to yourselves righteousness. And then James flips the coin over and he says, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I'm telling you there's a key to be found here that we have to love one another. That we have to be the peacemakers of God. That we have to love one another, build each other up. We're not here to tear people down, but we're here to build people up. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of believers. Amen. And when we come together, when we join together in unity, I'm telling you it's a force that rocks hell. I'm telling you that the very, the very portals of hell, they shake at the unity that's found in the body of Christ. When we come together, we begin to sow righteousness in our very deed, in our very actions, in our life. Amen. Because we, we, we began to, to be peacemakers and we're sowing righteousness into others. That, that's what people want. Your friends, your family, the ones around you, when, when they see, they, they're looking for that peace in your life because they're missing peace. They're missing something. They're missing the peace. They're missing the joy, the love. That's why they're looking in every different avenue. That's why you have so many people doing the, the drugs that was already spoken about. But they're looking for something. They're seeking for something. They, they want the peace. And when they see the peace in your life, that's what people are drawn to. Because you begin to sow righteousness in peace. That's the very medium. That's the very soul. What kind of soul are you? Jesus spoke about the parable of the sower that goes out and he scatters and there's different types of soil and there's different harvests that come from the soil. What kind of soil are we tonight? What kind of peace are you displaying? Because the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. We have to love each other. We've got to build each other up. We've got to be there for one another. Be a peacemaker everywhere to everybody. I'm not here to tear people down. I'm here to build people up. I'm here to love on people. Amen. And when we do that, that's what's going to pull people. That's what's going to draw people in because they're seeking the peace. They're seeking the love that they see in you. Because God has begun to work something in your life. And it's that righteousness that was put in. The mercy begins to grow up. The righteousness that was sown, the mercy begins to grow up. And people see the mercies of God in your life. They see the love of God in your life. They see the peace that you walk in. He said to sow in righteousness, reap in mercy. Amen. He said to break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness in you. We're going to reap what we sow. We're going to get out what we put in. Amen. Let me take this just a little bit further real quickly. John 12 verse 23 and 24. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. This lets you know he's, he's talking about himself. He's about to bring a revelation. He's about to, to bring something to the forefront. And he said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And so he lets you know that he is that grain. He is the grain that falls to the ground. And he said, if it dies, it's going to bring forth much fruit. And I, I'm telling you, when you begin to sow Jesus Christ into our life, when you begin to sow Jesus Christ into your life, that, that you're going to reap much fruit, amen, that there's going to be much fruit, that that mercy that grows from our relationship with God, it, it's going to bring forth much fruit. That's what he promised us. That's what he told us. He said, if you'll plant me in your life, Sow the righteousness of God. Well, what is the righteousness of God? It, it is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. And if I can sow Jesus Christ into my life, if I can sow a relationship with Jesus Christ into my life, then the mercies are going to grow. It will bring forth much fruit. He said, if I be high and lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. It's about Him. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and when we sow righteousness... Not my righteousness, but His righteousness. When I, I sow Jesus Christ, when I put Jesus Christ into my life, then we reap the harvest. It bringeth forth much fruit. He said, if you want to be fruitful, you've got to abide in the vine. We are the branches. He is the vine. And if we want to be fruitful, we've got to abide in the vine. We've got to stay connected to Jesus Christ. We, we can't be severed from the body of Christ. We've got to come together. We've got to be faithful to the house of God. We've got to be faithful to the things of God. We, we can't allow the devil to separate us, to sever us from the body of Christ. But we've got to stay connected to the vine. We've got to stay connected to Jesus Christ. We've got to sow the righteousness of Jesus Christ into our life. In my flesh is no good thing. Paul said, in my flesh is no good thing. It's not in my flesh. It's not in me. But I'm so thankful that in the spiritual, there's something in me that's not my flesh. But when I began to sow the Spirit of God, when I let Him grow up in me, when that, that seed takes root and it bears fruit upward, amen, that it's His Spirit living inside of me. And my flesh is no good thing. And me is no good thing. I, I'm not here to lift myself up. I'm not here to puff myself up. But I'm here to exalt God. And when I began to exalt God, everything begins to grow. The revival begins to grow. When I, when I start breaking up the fallow ground and I say, God, I want my breakthrough. He says, just plant me in you. And the more He grows in you, the greater revival you have. The greater breakthrough you have. In my flesh is no good thing, but, but I'm so thankful that He has allowed me to have His presence. He's allowed me to have His Spirit, that He dwells within me. Amen. You see, in the, in the garden, man walked with God. He had a relationship with God. But because of his rebellion against his Creator, that relationship was severed. But I want to let you know tonight, man was not the only one who lost something on that day. God lost the relationship that He cherished with His chosen creation. It's been said, until you find something worth dying for, you're not really living. Until you find something worth dying for, you're not really living. And I want you to know that God proved the point. Because He said, there's something that I find worth dying for. And it's a relationship with you. 
It's a relationship with you. He wants to plant his spirit. He wants to plant his, his presence in you. He said, he said, it wasn't enough when I walked with man in the cool of the day. You see, he had a relationship with man. Man had a relationship with God. It was, but it was an external relationship. God walked with man. But now God dwells within man. It was an external relationship. Now it's an internal relationship. In the garden, God walked with man in the cool of the day. But now when you have his presence, when you get up in the morning, he's with you. When you go to work, he's with you. When you come home from work, he's with you. When you go to bed at night, he's with you. If you get up in the middle of the night, God's still with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, he will be with you. Amen. It's because he wants to give you a breakthrough. He desires to give you a breakthrough. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. So we need to begin to break up that fallow ground because I desire a relationship. Just continue standing, continue standing. My wife will come. I believe God wants to work in our lives tonight. God wants to work in our situation. God wants to give you a breakthrough. Somebody, maybe you've never, you've never experienced this before. Maybe, maybe you're, you're new here. I don't know who's new. I don't know who, who's been here all their life. I, I don't know. I'm the visitor, amen. But maybe there's somebody that's your first time. Maybe there's somebody that doesn't understand this whole apostolic thing. I want you to know that God desires a relationship with you. He wants to sow His presence into your life. That everywhere you go, you'll reap the mercies of God. That everywhere you go, you'll reap the benefits and the blessings of God. God desires to have a relationship with you. He he desires to put His presence inside of you. Amen. And all we've got to do is just come to Him willingly. Come to Him boldly. Just lift up our hands. Throw our faces to heaven. Close our eyes and begin to focus on God. And begin to ask Him, Lord, if I have sinned in any way, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. God, forgive me of all my sins. Anything that would separate me from You, Lord God, I turn from it, Lord. I give You everything. And just ask God to forgive us of our sin and begin to praise Him with all of our heart. Begin to lift Him up with all of our heart. Then He will come in and He will fill you with His presence. You'll begin to speak in a language you've never learned before. That's His presence beginning to to work in you. Beginning to to plant those seeds that are going to grow up in the mercies of God. Amen. He desires a relationship. These altars are open. If anybody wants to come and pray. If anybody is seeking their breakthrough. If anybody wants my breakthrough. ah, It's time for my breakthrough. It's time for my breakthrough. There's been some some seasons that have went past in my life. There's, There's some time that's went by in my life. There's some fields that are ready for harvest. There's some fields that are ready for me to begin to plant the righteousness of God in my life. That that I can plant the things of God in my life. Because I want to see that harvest. I want to see that breakthrough. And it's, it's time to break up the fallow ground. Begin to break up the fallow ground tonight. Here I am, God, with arms wide open, pouring out this life gracefully broken. Here I stand. 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We need your presence, God, tonight in this place. We need your presence, God, tonight in this house. We need you, Lord Jesus, in the visitation of your glory, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Jesus. 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 
Jesus, 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 oh God. Church, we're uh, going through some, living in some purely perilous times, some very stressful days. We, uh, we really need a breakthrough on some things, the Holy Ghost. God's really doing things, but there's a lots of stress on people right here at the Palace of Praise. And some of us are in our own world. We don't really see what's going on around us. We've got homes that are divided. The enemy's trying to destroy We've got people inside of the homes literally fighting against people who want to come to church and trying to keep them from church. And stress on them and stress on me trying to deal with it. This last week I got texts, a whole bunch of suicidal stuff in the texts. Stress, just pressure cooking times, folks. And uh, I'll just be real honest. I've been through lots of things physically in my life, but I think these last two weeks have probably been the most stressful time of my life ever, ever. Because we are in a pressure cooker right now and trying to deal with all of the stress that you're going through and your places and then all the things that are going on in the spirit realm and all the crazy things that some of you have no clue are going on at all pastors dealing with I'm here to tell you we need each other and we need a breakthrough some people aren't going to make it if some of us don't get a breakthrough and pray them through come on I'm here to tell you some of them are not going to make it because we are their link and if this link isn't strong enough it's not going to hold them in place while they're going through this stuff and let me tell you something, some of you need to get out of your little world. I know you're going to be offended at me. Get out of your little crazy world and start worrying about somebody else. You're saying you're being kind of rude. Look at our fireworks schedule. Blank, 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 blank everywhere. Why? Because everybody's so into their own world. Bishop, I'm making friends tonight. But I'm going to tell you what, we got people that are in desperate places right here at this church and people that are contacting this church that are in desperate need or wanting help. So I want you right now, you want you to find someone in this house right now and I want you to get with them and I don't want you to say one prayer for yourself. I want you to pray for them right now because we need each other and we need the strength of each other. Amen. We need a breakthrough. It's not saying you're not, you're backslidden. It's not saying, no, it's we need strength from God to help us get through some things right now. Find someone and let's begin to start praying for one another. God, we need you. Thank you for the word. God, we need you tonight. God, your strength, Lord, is what we need. God, tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, I am weak, but thou art strong, Lord. We, God, in our flesh, Lord, cannot make it, God, we need, Lord, the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, in this house and in our lives. 
Oh, Lord, touch every soul, God, that is here tonight. God, touch every individual, Lord, that is in this house tonight. God, those that are weak, Lord, that you strengthen and lift them up tonight. God, help them to have a breakthrough, Lord, in their very thoughts, God. They're struggling, Lord, and you see it, God, and you're able to give them deliverance, Lord. You're able to be their strength, God, tonight, Lord, in their weakness. Lord, lift up their hands, God, that are hanging down tonight. Lord, help them to lift up their hands, oh God, that are hanging down. Help them, Lord, to rejoice, oh God, in the Holy Ghost and to recognize, oh God, your authority, Lord, working in their life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you are their help, God. You are their Oh God, you are everything, Lord, that they need in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to receive, oh Lord, your authority. Lord, help us, oh God, to receive, oh Lord, your direction. Oh God, to take a step, Lord, in the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, for you are everything in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we plead your blood. We plead your authority, God. In the Holy Ghost, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of God, my hand is in your hand. My eyes, oh God, are fixed upon you. Lord, my direction, God, is headed towards you. I press God for the mark in the Holy Ghost, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, I give you, oh Lord Jesus, my life, my mind, my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, you're anointing God flow, Lord, through this house. God, you're anointing, Lord, to flow through our lives, God. You're anointing, Lord, to flow through our ministries, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I will love you, Lord God, tomorrow. Lord Jesus, for the rest of my life, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give me I'd be all glory and honor. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands and thank God for his presence? Oh, God, thank you for the visitation, Lord, of your glory in this house. Thank you, God, for the strength that only comes, God, through you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, I give you all glory and honor, God, do it to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's been the le- two of the most stressful weeks, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm still encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to say something, Bishop? Hallelujah. Here's your microphone. I don't think you want I'd to get like this close. Rachel to come up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Rachel, come stand by. I think husband. she took, she went to get the stuff ready. Hallelujah. Devin, go get her. Hallelujah. Sister Honey, I she's doing her job. I want to pray for your pastor and his wife. Oh, Jesus. We are living in an hour also when marriages are under fierce attack. 